This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we've packed a number of shows together to give you some highlights. I know you're going to enjoy the show. Thank you for being with us today. Our guest is Dan Rashawn. Thanks for being on the show, Dan. My pleasure, Whitney. Thank you for having me. Dan is an entrepreneur, a real estate broker, and the author of Real Estate Evolution. Dan has been in business for almost 15 years and has succeeded and fallen flat on his face. Either way, he has been all in. Dan, thank you for your time. I'm grateful to to meet you and uh, looking forward to hearing about some of these studies that you've been doing on successful entrepreneurs and how that's helped you and, and, and how you're going to help us today and the listeners well. So, uh, but give us a little more about what, you know, you, what you're doing currently in, in real estate, what, you know, what your focus is and let's jump into your superpower. Whitney, thank you for reminding me that the first thing of my morning of the times that I've fallen on my face, I, I, I really appreciate that. And I'm excited for the day today. Awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, so I've, I've been in real estate sales, real estate investing for investing for more than 20 years, real estate sales for 15 plus years. I've owned a large brokerage. I've done all kinds of things. I mean, I, I, I look at myself as though if I'm an entrepreneur and I really started about 15 years ago when I prior to, you know, I was investing at that time, but prior to becoming a real estate agent, I, I was a waiter. At a really high-end steakhouse in Washington D.C., and I really, I really wanted to, you know, gain more out of life. I wanted to have some significance. I wanted to help people solve their problems, achieve their goals, and and I was an alcoholic. I was an active alcoholic at the time, so I had a really like this. I reimagined my life, and what I created from that was from a drunk waiter to an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur. And uh, over the last 15 years, I've had some fun. I've, I've taken some knocks and bruises. I've had some successes. And I say, as long as you get 51% success, you're doing okay. Nice. Yeah, 51% success, you're doing okay. That's interesting thought right there. Uh, but no, well, congratulations on you know making that lifestyle change. And I mean, doing that, it's so hard for most to come out of something like that. So grateful that you did and, and you're making it happen and helping so many others do the same thing now. Uh, but let's, you know, let's dive into, uh, you know, what you've been studying and what, you know, how that's helped you recently and, and uh, get us started a little bit on, on this superpower that you have. So what, my superpower is that I study success and I study it to the core and then I emulate it as best as possible. And what I mean by studying to the core is I will look at what is their environment. You know, so I'll, first off, I'll pick somebody that I believe is successful. And, what I, and the definition of success is, is every one of us makes it our own definition of success. And so it's my perception of success. Once I identify that individual, it doesn't matter if I know them or not. Many of the people that I've identified as mentors I identified them as mentors long before I met them. And then I just positioned myself to be able to meet them. Some I've gotten close to, others I've just casually met. And I'm going to take a look at what is what do they do on a daily basis? Who do they surround themselves with? What is their physical environment? When they're working, are they standing up? Are they sitting down? Do they drink water? Do they drink Diet Coke? What do they read if they do read? What podcast do they listen to? And so I want to understand not only what they do, and I believe more importantly, I want to understand who are they being. The foundation of, of life is who are you going to choose to be? 
And then as you understand that and study that and then emulate that, then you do what they do, then you'll have what they have. That's been the blueprint to what I've done over the last several years. No, that's so smart. It's so smart. Uh, and, and a lot of us hear some things like this often, but we don't really take time to do it and, and to figure out who those people are, right? You know, and I wanted to go back just a little bit, like finding that person. Um, I mean, would you say, I mean, ultimately that can be somewhere, somebody that is uh, like they're where you want to be or where you see yourself, kind of like you did. You know, you looked ahead and imagined, you know, who this, uh, you know, who Dan could be. You know, you found somebody or that that looked like that, I think. Is that right? Yes, it is. Not only did I find somebody that looked like that today, I also found people in the past as well. Walt Disney is one of my mentors. Benjamin Franklin is one of my mentors. Adam Herderrother is one of my mentors, though he doesn't know that. He's alive today and he has a huge business in Vermont. And that is a business that we are growing into. Now, the reality of it is, is it doesn't matter if these individuals, it doesn't matter what poor qualities that they may have. It doesn't matter who they actually are. What matters is what can I envision them doing? So in the case of Adam, I've visited him a couple of times. So I actually know what he does. And so that's, that's a little bit easier with Benjamin Franklin and Walt Disney. Then I have to imagine who are they being? I'll read books about them. I will, you know, envision to say, if that individual was in this situation right now, what would they do? And it allows for me to be able to act as if, which is a very powerful statement that I think doesn't, I haven't heard that talked about as often as, as perhaps it could be. When you act as if you are that successful person, whether you're successful today or not, you will become that successful person. If you're a spouse and you, you have a challenge with your, with your spouse, you know, and, and maybe you're arguing today, right? Cause this works in relationships. It works in everything. And this isn't about my spouse. I don't want to say that. Right. But let's say that you're, you know, you're, you're in a relationship and you're not getting along with it, with your partner. When you choose to act as if that relationship is passionate, that relationship is one that you are partnering and helping each other su- succeed. What will happen is it will evolve into a more successful relationship. Wow! So, you know, let's let's jump into maybe one of those mentors that you or you know that you were talking about, and and you know you pick the one. Uh, you know, maybe we can talk about some of the ways that uh, you know. It, or let me back up too. It's interesting you talk about like just studying them. Even somebody like Walt Disney, maybe somebody you've never met, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, th- you know. There's going to be lots of people like that we could probably find, but. You know, how, how are you studying someone like that? Is this autobiography or biographies or what is it that, uh, you know, you're going to find to really know maybe what they would do or how they would think? Some of it's imagination. And so it's, sometimes it doesn't really matter what they actually would do. And imagine if you can imagine what they would do, that is something that's empowering, something that will allow for you to think at a higher level then you're, that in and of itself is driving you forward. Now, for example, Adam, who is, you know, real life today, Benjamin Franklin and Walt Disney were real life yesterday. Right. Adam, I've actually studied him more intimately because it's, it's easier to do. So what I learned was that Adam runs the uh, Ironman. And so two years ago, I began doing triathlons. Now, I have not yet worked my way up to an Ironman, and quite frankly, I don't anticipate that. I don't have that desire. Maybe a half Ironman. 
And so I chose to do that because, again, it look, I, I look at the success and I'm going to do everything as closely as possible as what they do. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm a broken person. I have to be somebody else. It's not that at all. It's, it's about finding the good qualities that you want to take and leaving the bad. Walt Disney had a ton of bad qualities. So did Benjamin Franklin. Okay. And so both of them had tons of bad qualities. And so it's just leave that aside and then just, you know, find the good things. Going back to Adam, for example, health is a big priority of him. Fitness is a big priority for him. He wakes up early. I was up right now. It's, uh, it's the morning right now. I was up four hours ago. I've already been to the gym this morning. Okay. I've already done, I've already meditated this morning. I've already read this morning. Now, a lot of times when people hear that, they sort of like, oh, whatever, you know, because that seems hard. And, and it, it could be because I don't do it every morning. Yet, if I could only if, if I could endeavor to do it more often, then, I, you know, then you're going to be further along than if you don't. No doubt about it. And I find that quality right there, getting up early and having a structured morning is extremely common, uh, you know, amongst successful entrepreneurs. Uh, not that all of them do that because they don't and it's not a requirement, but uh, I do find that's a very common thing. Um, you know, anything else you, know, you said, like you study what they do on a daily basis. What are a few things that stood out about, you know, these three mentors, uh, you know, that they do on a daily basis, kind of like getting up early? They surround themselves with the right people. They define who is that right person. They design their lives rather than living a life by default. And so early in my life, I didn't, I didn't, you know, surround myself with people intentionally. Today, I have a very clear picture in my mind of who I want to be around. And I want to be around people that are going to push me up, that are going to encourage me, that are going to pull me up and allow for me to push them up and pull them up so that we can partner together and, and benefit from each other's strengths. I'm not looking for somebody that's a copy of me. I'm looking at somebody that can, can complement me. That may mean that we have 60% of really likeness and 40% where, man, that person, uh, my director of operations, Jolene, oh my goodness, we're like, we're in sync where we are thinking the same thought at the same time. And yet there's enough of, of an overlap that we can, we can dance together. We're in rapport together. And there's enough of a difference where she could do all those things that I hate doing. I could, if I asked her right now to come and talk to you on this show, Whitney, she would probably want to turn around four times, barf in a bag uh, outside, uh, you know, outside of her, her, her office and, uh, and say no. Okay, like that's not her skill set. And I would feel the same way if you asked me to put together a profit and loss statement. Now, if you asked me to review that profit and loss statement and take from it, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the opportunity to increase profit, I'll do that all day long, right? And so it's just about being, so one of the things that I've learned that my mentors have done is about being intentional with who you surround yourself with. I think that's a big priority. It's also being intentional, but intentional about how you program yourself. So I mentioned going to the gym and meditating. Well, that's an actual, there's a strategy there that's called the self-coaching uh, model that says that the programming, which you can, you can have hacks to the programming by the books that you read, everything that I'm talking about today, the people you surround yourself with, exercising, meditations, affirmations, 
And as you program yourself with empowering things, then you're going to have empowering thoughts, which will cause you to then have really empowering feelings, take empowering actions, and have incredible empowering results. And it's, it's in that pattern, and it starts with the programming, because our subconscious is what gets us our goals. The conscious level is the goal setter. The subconscious is the goal getter. And I think that we, as human beings, we don't quite understand that because we, we live in our conscious sense. And this is some of the things that I've learned from many of my mentors. Are you ready to take the next step in your multifamily investing career? The time has never been better than now. Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop is a comprehensive live training course that will help increase your skills, knowledge, confidence as an investor before you invest. This workshop is a unique experience that provides hands-on instruction and guidance directly from Mark Kinney, who has completed over 100 multifamily syndications valued at over $1 billion. This course goes beyond theory as you will be presented with real case studies and practice scenarios to work out in class. By the end of the training, you will have significantly improved your ability to evaluate deals quickly, make informed decisions, and take your investing skills to the next level with confidence. For more information and to register for Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop, go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W, use code Whitney100 to save $100. The Deal Analysis Workshop is designed for both beginner and experienced investors. Whether you are looking for a foundational understanding of how to analyze multifamily investments or looking for fresh insight on how to pivot your analysis method, for this current market cycle, this is a workshop you have been looking for. Register today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W. Use code Whitney100 to save $100. Our guest is Todd Palmer. Thanks for being on the show again, Todd. Whitney, thanks so much for having me back on. Yeah, honored to have you back. Todd Charity he received a great response from being on the show before, and I appreciate the listeners being involved and reaching out to guests. If you didn't hear him before, that was show WS284. Believe it or not, it came out August 1st of 2019. It's hard to believe it's been that long ago. But I encourage you to go back and learn a little more about Todd by listening to that show and looking him up. But Todd is an executive coach. He's a keynote speaker, renowned thought leader, author, and CEO who is committed to helping business owners tackle their obstacles and clear their path to success. Todd is also the author of the number one international Amazon bestseller, From Suck to Success, a guide for extraordinary entrepreneurship. He specializes in helping leaders join the mission statement of the organization with their personal core values while addressing fears, self-doubts, and imposter syndrome. He's here today to share his story, what he's learned along the way, and his proven framework to helping business owners achieve success. So Todd, welcome again to the show. I know we're going to cover a few specific things today because you got many, many things that could help our listeners and myself. But any updates just about, you know, anything you're seeing in your line of work, things that entrepreneurs are really struggling with, maybe just in the current market or anything like that before we dive in? Sure. Well, I want to again, thanks so much for having me back on the program. It's, it's always good to see you. And, you know, to kind of go with the question that you're asking, the most successful entrepreneurs I've seen in the last 12 to 15 months we're recording this in April of 2021, are those entrepreneurs who have been able to embrace the suck of COVID, who've been able to, to recognize and realize that if, they, if they're savvy and they're willing to pivot, a lot of people, believe it or not, 
have been able to to pivot into COVID and their businesses have actually grown exponentially. For example, you're talking about my coaching practice. My coaching practice in the last 12 months has grown 300%. And I got my book done. And I spent more days at home. Now, if you ask my family, that last one can be pros or cons, depending upon the topic, depending upon the homework situation. But it's really been interesting because I lost six stages in three countries within two weeks. My main business model of a client acquisition was to go and speak from stage, to show up in, in rooms and talk to entrepreneurs and, and leaders within organizations to help them get unstuck around their itty bitty shitty committee and their, their mindset issues and their internal struggles with imposter syndrome as well as execution. Lost all those. I always tell people that the reality is I had my own itty bitty shitty committee party for about 48 hours. I, I'm like, what am I going to do? But then I doubled down on my purpose. So what I've seen entrepreneurs who do a really good job is they put their purpose into an active learning cycle, which we talk about in the book, where they're able to get themselves unstuck through some self-coaching if they, can't, if they don't have a coach or they, they can't afford a coach. And those are the entrepreneurs who've done well. But like I said, my business has grown 300% because I started volunteering everywhere I could to help leaders get unstuck. I talked to 42 CEOs in 67 days. I hate to admit this, but it's true. I got zero clients from it. But what they did is I, I got 42 salespeople. And those 42 salespeople then evangelized the work we did in 30-minute sessions. And from that, I've added a dozen clients, literally over that period of time, due to them, the 42 saying great things about the work we've done together. And the work was done for free in a very short, compressed period of time. I just worked with a leader last week, for example, who'd been stuck on a topic for four years. We got her unstuck in less than three hours. So if we show up as leaders, as we show up as entrepreneurs, and we see where we can be of service to others, it may not be exactly like I thought from stage, but my purpose of improving lives, I was able to do that from screen and be there for other people. It's those entrepreneurs who recognize that they can do their jobs, they can provide their services in a multitude of different platforms that I've seen pivot out of these situations most successfully. No, that's incredible. We can learn so much from what you just said. Just, yeah, I mean, embracing that, right? I mean, COVID really planted so many entrepreneurs, right? And they just halted, you know, not knowing what to do. But those that have just embraced it and figured out a way, like yourself, I mean, 300X, that's, that's incredible. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. It's been joyful. To do purposeful work for me, it's so rewarding. I worked 12 hours yesterday and, and it felt like I only worked six. It was really enjoyable right. work helping. You know, I had this leader I was working with brand new client. She goes, yeah. I said, what do you want to get out of our session today? And she goes, well, I'd like to have a couple of epiphanies. We got through the four hours. She's like, oh my gosh, I've unpacked so much. I've had a dozen epiphanies and now I have a plan. I'm, not, I'm now more excited. Kind of came to the low energy call, low energy. Now I'm excited to, to do the work I need to do to continue to grow my business. And her business is doing great. What she wanted to do is create work-life integration to grow herself as a leader. So the business could then ride, continue to ride the wave of her success. So yeah, I've got so many positive stories of people coming out of COVID. And I think it's important to spread that message that it's not just doom and gloom. Yeah. So what are some of the differentiators that have really set you apart or maybe setting apart other entrepreneurs that you're helping to succeed and push through things like that? Well, one thing I mentioned to everybody is there's one common issue with every business, regardless of the niche you serve, regardless of whether you're service-based, manufacturing-based, real estate-based, there's always one issue and it's always people. It's always people. It comes back to people. When I was $600,000 in debt, two months away from running out of all of, our, all of my money and losing my house back in 2006, it was a people issue. The, the people, the person was me. Yeah, we are often the bottlenecks in our businesses as the leaders and as the entrepreneurs and as the CEOs. We're often the bottlenecks in our lives. And often what we think it is, so we say it's a cash issue, for example. Well, as a coach, my job is to drill down and figure out, is it really a cash issue 
or is it really the people who are spending the cash? Is it really the people who didn't go to the bank meeting? Is it really the people who started giving away discounts as compared to fighting for margin? It's 99 out of 100 times it's a people issue. And that other one time, it's pretty more close to acts of God than anything else. You know, I worked with an entrepreneur in the restaurant space. It's a tough space right now during COVID. He had 4,000 square feet in San Francisco, very expensive real estate. He pivoted and he was shut down by the government. He couldn't, he couldn't serve his customers. You do take out, but I don't think anybody wants a $75 takeout steak. Or very, there's a very small market that wants that. He pivoted. He got out of that lease. He got into an 800 square foot space. And we're talking. I said, what made you pivot? He said, well, I want to serve customers with takeout. I'm like, okay, that's, that's all fine and good. But why did you pick this specific area? He's a chef who went into high-end pizza, $40 a pie. Not bit. And I think it cost like six bucks to make. I mean, the margins were off the charts. And he doubled down on his purpose. He doubled down on his why. His why was I wanted to create a great dating experience for people. And I did that in my restaurant. Now I'm just taking that mindset of creating a date, great dating experience, taking it and putting it into your home through this high-end piece. He goes, I went from a staff of 28 to a staff of four. He goes, I did $3 million in pizza sales last year because people were stuck at home. But he had a learner's mindset, a fail forward mindset. He didn't, you know, he, he decided that COVID was happening for him, not to him. So he spun out of that by, by looking within to, to double down on his purpose, which got him unstuck. Definitely comes back to people. I know I've learned that a lot, especially over the last couple of years as we've hired and our team has grown and trying to figure out who these people should be. You know, what are their talents? What are their skill sets? What are their personalities? Who are they? Do they fit? Help us think through that a little bit, you know, thinking through who our employees are, who are, you know, so we can grow, right? We can scale. Everybody wants to scale. Everybody says, you know, probably one of their biggest problems, right? Or things that they want to scale. Well, there's so many things behind that, right? And you've, you've talked about numerous of those, but how do we do that? How do we work with those employees? How do we know who they are? And maybe, you know, you've helped numerous people probably with that. What are some keys that you've seen? Sure. So just to kind of create context for what I'm going to share is I ran a recruiting service for 23 years. We got $600,000 in debt and onto the Inc. 5,000 six times by making a pivot around the human capital space. So I have a little bit of experience for the listener. You break it into two sections. You've got the challenge in acquiring people, locating people, recruiting people. So the current marketplace conditions as we sit here in April of 2021 is the unemployment rate is at 6%. The country is considered at full employment when it reaches 4%. Goldman Sachs put out a report two weeks ago where they indicated that by December of 2021 will be at 3.2%. So we will be at full employment by those benchmarks. It gets better, but it gets worse. The second piece of that is millennials have the highest employment sector of any category measured at 11.2%. So that for those people who are maybe in a space where we've got a retiring workforce, either Gen Xs or baby boomers who are leaving, thinking millennials are going to be coming in, that's not going to happen. Millennials work differently. They see the world differently, and a lot of them currently aren't working. Then you throw on the labor participation rate, which is at a 52-year low. So 52 years ago, and I'm 52, so before I was born, there were more people working than there are today per capita. Taking all that into consideration, what you have to do is you have to be unique in how you recruit. And the number one source for your next great employee is your current great employee. So if you're putting money out there, for example, for Indeed ads and Zip recruiter ads, have you considered offering an incentive to your employees to refer their friends that they want to work with? Now, people say, well, you know, if I've got a terrible employee, do I really want her, his or her terrible friends? Well, of course not. But if you have a rock star employee, Rock stars hang out with other rock stars, just like great doctors golf with other great doctors, et cetera, et cetera. Go to those people. Look at how you can attract talent that way. And you do that by being an employer of choice. That's the key. That's the secret formula. Why should someone work for you? 
they have a lot of choices right now. So when we say, why should someone work for you? What are your core values? And do you live by them? And here's how you know if you live by your core values. Are you willing to hire and fire by them? Have you created a culture of psychological safety? Google's done a lot of work around this. Do your employees feel seen, heard, and known? Psychological safety. That's just getting them in the door. Then the next piece is you've got to make sure you take great care of them once you get them in the door. So we break it into two pieces. You got to be able to recruit them and acquire them, but that's only half the job. Once you get them, then you have to take great care of them. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 